Great to have you joining the Bridgman City podcast today. Family is a reality in every one of our lives. Our experiences of it might differ, but it touches every one of us. So as a community, as we've been seeking Christ, we realize this is an important theme for us to turn our minds to. In this sermon series on family, my prayer is that you might know Christ speaking to you. If you'd like to know more or even just grab a coffee, feel free to reach out on our socials or email hello at bridgman.org.au. Just just to begin with, uh, this is so simple, so non-profound, but it struck me. I was sitting at the dinner table probably about two weeks ago, so we have dinner together. We actually have pre-mail every meal together if we're home, but we'll at least have breakfast and dinner together, and we sit around the table, and it was, a, it was an evening meal. We'll always pray at the end of our evening meal, and we're about to pray, or we were praying, and as I began praying, my heart just swelled with thankfulness that God had put me in a family, that these two individuals that I was sitting with, sharing this meal with, these, God had put me with them. This was His will for my life, that I would be with these two individuals. And I was just like, God, thank you. I know that's the simplest thought to start this series with, but I want to tell you, I was emotional. Like I, was, I think I was almost weeping at this, what a merciful good God we have to put us with people. To say, I want you to be with others, you know. Don't, don't be by yourself, be with others. And so as we start this series, let's just be so thankful to God for the fact that He's put us with others. And, and as Dan said, one for one, everyone has a family. Doesn't matter um, who your family is, you all have a family. And your family, whoever they are, they are a gift from God to you. And extended from that. Even extended from that, we sit here tonight together and we should consider ourselves family. And I, I know that not all of us have massive families. I mean, at the moment, it's really just um, uh, Audrey, Gemma and I, we've got, we've got another one on the way. Maybe, you know, I know that there's people even in this room who at the moment are singles. And, but this is an extended family. Let's thank God tonight that He's put us with each other. You know what I mean? It's not an accident. It's not an accident that we're all sitting here together. This is God's will for our lives. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Precious beyond words. What a God we have. Uh, We're going to turn tonight as we begin this series to Jesus's, I think, premier sequence on the family in the Gospels that he teaches into. And uh, and so we're going to just start here. And then we're going to just go all through the Bible over this series. There's not really a methodical approach to this. We've just downloaded all of the scriptures that talk about um, we're going to go through man and woman. We're going to go through husband and wife. We're going to go through mother and fathering. We're going to go through uh, children, what it means to be a child, and also singleness as well. So they're going to be the, the themes of this series. But to begin with, Jesus's, I think, premier teaching on the earthly family. And it's found in Matthew 12, 46 to 50. These have become precious verses to me um, over the last little while. So it says this. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers in the flesh stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, the person who came and told him that, who is my mother 
And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. There we go. Doesn't sound like the best way to start a family series. If anything, it sounds like Jesus is ditching his earthly family. So if you're a little worried, just stick with us. Actually embedded in this is Jesus' principle of the earthly family, a high principle, a mighty principle. So let's see um, if we can hear the Word of God tonight. He said this 2,000 years ago, but he says it to us tonight. Let's listen to him. When Jesus speaks like this, Our world doesn't like it, and we tend to not like it either. He's speaking in these paradoxical phrases, and we sometimes find it easier to just go, that's that's too hard. He's he's playing things off against each other. I'm just going to leave it as a metaphor. (laughs) He's saying something, I'm sure, but I just am not smart enough to know what he means. And uh, this is how our society tends to deal with language around spiritual realities at the moment. So when there's talk of God, when there's talk of heaven when there's talk of of truth and of righteousness and maybe of the Holy Spirit, people who are in the world, unbelievers, they're kind of just like um, inspirational, maybe at best, inspirational at best, probably lunacy at worst when you're talking about these things, but definitely not real. You know what I mean? Hot air. These words that you're talking to me about, they mean nothing is what I think people genuinely, generally think when, when we hear sort of these sort of phrases that Jesus is, is talking about. Here's my brothers and my mothers, those who do the will of... You know, it all seems very, very paradoxical, very metaphorical, without any concrete meaning. And tonight, I want to remind us, we cannot adhere to the declarations of our society in this regard. We, we have to... Um, we can't give in to that. And of course, even if we have the smallest confidence in Jesus, even if you're here tonight and, and, and you don't have a, a great confidence in Jesus, even if you have a small confidence in Him, it means that we don't really need to adhere to such declarations that, that this is all just hot air from Jesus. If anyone's words are likely to mean something, they're probably Jesus's. You know what I mean? Whether you believe he rose from the dead or not, this was, an ins- this was a brilliant man. This was a, a spectacular man, a wise man, a man who seemed to have some sort of authority in his, in his teaching. And so even if you have the smallest confidence in Jesus here tonight, we can believe that he actually means what he says. And that he's not just speaking in inspirational, sort of fluffy terms, that his words have concrete meaning. Jesus says, there is a family of God. There is a family of God. There is a brood, there is a kin of the heavenly father. There is a father in heaven. Jesus is speaking completely literary here. When he says, these are my brothers and sisters, That's not just him saying some cute phrase. He literally means it. He literally means it. And if we can't see this or we can't understand it, I don't want us to assert our pride tonight. But I I would encourage you, I would encourage me to, to humble ourselves 
before Jesus and say, Lord, you are right. Even if I can't see what you mean, you, you are right. You meant something here. By, by positioning the heavenly family in this moment over and against his flesh and blood family, Jesus is, is trying to make the point that this heavenly and spiritual family is a deeper reality, is something more true than even our flesh, human conceived families. He's saying this heavenly family is not a fairy tale. And we all know how real, how earthy, how tangible our relations are with our earthly family members. We know how concrete they are, how much they actually hold weight and meaning. Jesus is saying the heavenly family is a deeper, a truer reality, a higher reality, more real than those flesh and blood relations that we so feel and so know. We read in Genesis that man was made in the image of God. We read in Hebrews that the earth is made in the image of the heavens. The physical in the image of the spiritual and so too the earthly family, your flesh and blood relations, your brother and sister and your mother and your father in the flesh is an image, a picture of the heavenly family. I want to see if I can explain this a little bit. The, the, the biblical or the theological, sorry, word for this is type and anti-type um, is a word that is commonly used to explain this. But I want to see if I can help explain this a little bit to you tonight. Uh, let me show you a picture of my family. So we recently had a week off and on one of those days we went to Australia Zoo. How good is Australia Zoo? Hadn't been there since before Steve Irwin passed away. It's gotten a lot bigger. And uh, so this is a picture of us at Australia Zoo. Now, there's no doubt that that picture of my family is a reality. Uh, in this form, what it is, is an accumulation of data stored, I think, I'm, I'm not an IT guru, but I think in ones and zeros at its base level, it's stored in ones and zeros, which I think even more than that, further down, are electrical impulses. If I'm right, I'm looking at the IT guys in the room. Uh, and, and that data in this moment, particular moment, is recast on that screen using light. That's a reality. You're all looking at it, you see it, and it's true. It's, it's a reality. And in that sense, I can say to you, here is my family. But it's not actually my family, is it? It's an image of my family. It's, it's a, a type, it, like it, it's a, a derivative of my family. And that image is meant to lead you up to what my family actually is, who my, who my wife and my daughter actually is. I'd worry for you a little bit if you started going up to the screen and talking to my family. <laughs> I'd start to have some concerns for you, you know what I mean? The lower reality, which is a reality, it is a truth, that image on the screen, is given its shape from the higher reality. M me and, and my wife and my daughter. Does that make sense to everyone? And the lower reality is actually meant to, what's it meant to do? It's meant to lead you up to the higher reality. You're meant to look at that photo and say, oh, oh, 
then that's Matt's wife, you know what I mean? And, and as you think of that, you think of a, true, a real person, you know what I mean? Not an image on a screen. The earthly family is the earthly family is derived from an image of the heavenly family. The earthly family takes its shape, its its form from the heavenly family. Just as you see that photo and that photo has taken its shape literally from who we are. So the earthly family has been created by God as an image of the spiritual family, and the earthly family is, has been given by God to lead us up to the high reality, the family of God, the truest reality, the family of the heavenly Father. Jesus here in this moment, as his mother and brother in the flesh come and interrupt him in this moment and, and are making demands on him, Jesus doesn't actually play the earthly off against the heavenly, but he is ensuring that we get the order correct. The earthly family is cast in the image of the heavenly family, the spiritual family. As soon as the earthly takes precedence, and that's what his mother and brother are seeking to do in this moment, they're saying, Jesus, we're making demands on you. As soon as the earthly takes precedence and you start thinking that's the higher reality, what do you do? You lose both you lose not only the lower, but also the higher. C.S. Lewis says, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you lose both heaven and the earth. Effectively, Jesus says here, if you are living outside of the family of God, if you're seeking to establish what the earthly family means, whilst not living as a children of God, being a brother and a mother, it loses all of its meaning. There's no... It loses its shape. If you actually thought that that's who my family was, you've kind of, the picture doesn't exist anymore, you know what I mean? Because that's not who we are. We're not a screen. We're, we're people. Jesus is not playing the earthly off against the heavenly, but he's ensuring we get the order correct. This is why he teaches in other places. If, you do, if you're not willing to stand against your mother and your father and your brother in the flesh, you cannot be my disciple. If they're making claims on you that stop you from following me and you're not willing to go against them in following me, you cannot be my disciple. The heavenly must take precedence over the earthly. It's the higher reality. And he says that in, in a merciful way because if we let the earthly take priority, we lose both. If the earthly family then is in the shape of the heavenly, to truly function in our family requires us to be of Christ. Requires us to be of Christ. And this is what Jesus says. Here's my brother, here's my mother, those who do the will of God. And if the earthly family is derivative, an image of the spiritual family, for us to truly function properly in our earthly families, we must be of Christ. We must be living as children in the heavenly family. And so I want to see, here's my big illustration with my children's toy. So uh, I don't know what this thing's called. Uh, if you're on the podcast, I'm holding up a box which has all different shapes that you um, put, put different things in. Uh, 
it's a, it's a kid's toy. And so I've got this box here, and it, I'm just going to use this one particular cutout. So this is the circular cutout in this shape, right? The, the earthly family is in the image of the heavenly family. So if this round hole is the shape of the heavenly, therefore our earthly families are also a, a circular hole, if that makes sense. If the earthly family is, shape in, is cast in the shape of Christ and we try and live outside of Christ, it's like trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole. It won't work. It, it, it will break down. It won't function. Because it, it's got a particular shape. Our earthly families are created in a particular way, in the image of the heavenly family, which has a particular shape, the shape of Christ. And so as we live outside of the, if we try and live outside of the shape of Christ and, and live in our earthly families, we're going to find it's not going to work. They're in the shape of Christ. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It won't work. This is Ephesians 5, 31 to 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father, oh, sorry, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. In other words, if you can stick with me, but I'm actually talking about Christ and the church. The union of husband and wife in the flesh is actually cast in the image of Christ and the church, the heavenly spiritual reality. Marriage and all the other things as, that make up our families, parenting, being children, being siblings, family, are cast in the image of Christ. And so when we live in them, when we function in them, they place a demand on us that requires the spirit of Christ to truly fulfill our family vocations, to truly be mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and children. And so this is what I want us to hear right at the start of this series. It is the mercy of God to put us in earthly families. The reason he's put you in an earthly family, you didn't choose. None of us chose to be in an earthly family. Put your hand up if you chose. You did. No one did. We came in. We receive our earthly family. This is God's will over our lives. Why? Because he's leading us up. He's goading us in. He's, he's hemming us in. He's prompting. He's shepherding us into the shape of Christ. He's boxing us in, so to speak. He's trying to say, you need to be a round peg to fit in a round hole. You cannot be a square peg and function in your family. We didn't choose to be a part of our families. We didn't choose to be male or female. We're going to look at that in two weeks' time. That's actually something that has been spoken by God over our lives masculinity and femininity has a particular shape in the image of Christ. It's been spoken over us. It's to be received. We didn't choose our parents. We didn't dream up the concept of marriage. I know that we enter into marriage with another person, but it, it has a shape as well. We, don't just, we just don't make up the rules of what marriage is. It's formed in the image of Christ. It has a particular shape. It's God-given. 
We aren't the ones who choose that we'll have children. We hope that we might, but it's God's prerogative to say yes or to say no to that. Children are a gift, a blessing from the Lord, spoken into our lives. Amazing, an amazing gift. It is God's mercy, His providence to put us in earthly families. The thing is that natural, earthly love that we have, affection, natural affection, will only go so far in our families and we all know this. We will find out that an earthly affection is not up to the task of the demands of families. The, the claims of love that are put on our lives as we're in earthly families, they're too much just for a natural affection. And the parents in the room particularly will really feel this. They'll know this, that to be a parent is, is demanding. It, it's requiring so much love, so much pouring out. The earthly will fail at that point. We need a heavenly spirit. We need the spirit of Christ. It's in these moments in our families where the, the earthly fails, our natural affection fails, that we cry out and we say, God, we need your spirit. Pour out the spirit of Christ into my life so that I can love truly in my families, so that I can love them as, as they're meant to be loved. This is why God has placed us in families. in order to fulfill our callings as men and women, husband and wives, parents and children, brothers and sisters, we must be living as children of God. C.S. Lewis says this, if you are right with him, God, you will inevitably be right with all your fellow creatures. Just as if all the spokes of a wheel are fitted rightly into the hub and the rim, they are bound to be in right positions to one another. I love that. So clear. To fulfill our callings in our families, we must be children of God. This is what Jesus is, is saying and encouraging us towards. And truth be told, we see this firsthand. The men who are committed to Christ, first of all, are men who are fathers to their children. We've seen this. I'm sure you've all seen this. Men who are off on their own path, living a sinful life after their own selfish desires, are men who are not fathers to their children. Even in my own life, as I've recently been called to, an, to, to, to be an earthly father, I can't explain to you how much this has prompted me to say, God, please make me right. For the sake of my daughter, please make my heart right so that I am loving her and blessing her and doing her good and not harm. This is the premise of why God puts us in families. This is why God has chosen each one of us to be around a certain set of people, whoever they are. He's done this so that we might submit to Christ. And this is the premise of this series over the next eight weeks. We're going to see how each of those categories of family are Christ-shaped so that we might submit to Christ in our families, 
so that we might obey Christ as men and women, husband and wives, mothers, fathers, fathers and children. And at the moment, our, our anti-Christian society is seeking to jam its square peg into the round hole. It says, this is what I think it means to be a man. I can be a mother and do this, this, this and this and this. I can be a child and do this, this, this and this. And what we are seeing is the family unit break apart because it is a round hole. You see, the ideal, the principle of family that God has spoken into the world remains. It's eternal. It's unbreakable. This circle here does not break. The concept of what family truly is remains whether we want to accept it or not, whether we receive it or not, is up to us. But it is something. It is actually shaped according to the Word of God, according to who Christ is. We cannot change the unchangeable. We can only submit to it or stumble upon it. We cannot change the eternal, the unchangeable. We can only submit to it or stumble upon it. And God's will is that we might submit, that we might receive families in the image of Christ, that we might obey Christ in our families and in doing so receive His Spirit, which is the eternal life. And, uh, and as we finish tonight, I, I just wanted to remind us, if we see brokenness, if there's, and there's, I think there's degrees of healing that needs to happen in all of our families, to be honest. Christ wants to redeem this brokenness in our families. He, he wants to make them right. He wants to heal them. He wants to bring them together. He wants to reconcile brothers and sisters, mothers and, and fathers, husband and wives. That's his will. But he cannot compromise the shape. This is the only shape in which reconciliation can ever take about, can ever come about. And so the way that that reconciliation will come is as we, living in our families, humble ourselves and, and repent and turn to, to our Heavenly Father and say, Heavenly Father, make me a child in your family. I, I want to live as a child in your family. And as we do that, the gentle comfort of his spirit, the comforter, he will, he will heal what's been, what's been broken. He will heal the wounds in our hearts that have come from our family. He will restore the years the locusts have destroyed, have stolen. He, he's going he's gonna to pay that back 10, 100 times over, everything that the enemy has stolen, he wants to give it back further in abundance, far more, so much more, that one day we won't even remember that there was locusts that stole years. That's how much healing he wants to bring to our families. If we will humble ourselves and say, I will submit to the shape of the earthly family, cast in the image of the heavenly family, and so this is our desire over the coming weeks 
is to perceive to perceive the shape of Christ in our families that we might obey and be filled with His Spirit and see healing and reconciliation. I really pray for that in all of our families over the coming eight, ten weeks, that there would be reconciliation, that there would be healing, that there would be redemption, restoration amongst our families. The great elder brother, Jesus Christ, in the heavenly family. He's, he's the perfect brother of the heavenly father, came from heaven to call the wayward children, that was us, to the heavenly father and say, he's your father in heaven still. Come and know him. Come and be children in his family. This is why Jesus came from heaven to earth to call us to him, to give of his very self, that we might trust him and be partakers of his nature, that we might be children in the family of God. This is the gospel. This is the gospel in our families. And so, God, we come to you um, excited, Lord, thankful that families do have a shape, that being a man and a woman does have a shape, that marriage does have a shape. All of these things cast in the image of Jesus Christ, love, self-giving, perfect love. And Lord, we know, I know, that in order in order for families to work, we need to be partakers of the divine nature, partakers of your spirit, for them to be all the fullness of what you intended for them to be. And so our Father in heaven, we come to you tonight as your children, those who are saying, Lord, we long to do your will. We long to be your children in your heavenly, great, eternal, worldwide family, the family of God, which will go on forever. The highest reality, the deepest, the truest. And so we pray, Lord, that our, the beautiful earthly families that you have deliberately placed us in, the words of God that have been spoken over us, the people that you have placed us with out of your love and your kindness, I pray, Lord, that as we are partakers of your spirit, you would flood our hearts with love for them and that there would be blessing and, and I, I don't even necessarily know how to articulate what that will look like, Lord. I think we're excited at the potential of what they might look like as we continue to follow you. As we live year after year, day after day in the family of God, we don't even know, I don't think yet, what our earthly families will look like. The love that we will have. The love that will be flowing around dinner tables. The love that will be flowing in homes, in cars, as we walk together. I pray that over each individual here, Lord. In uh, Jesus' name, amen.